Sometimes the brightest opportunities come out of the darkest times. This is how I would describe the journey of John Tessitore, founder of the JCK Foundation. John lost his best friend to suicide and also struggled with his own mental health for much of his life. In 2011, right after his friend died, John started the JCK Foundation in order to help youth around the U.S. improve their mental health. We are so fortunate that this incredible foundation has reached Sweden, and I am personally so grateful to have met John myself. When I first met him over at Google Meet, it was like reconnecting with an old best friend, even though we had never spoken before. And when he arrived in person in October, we clicked immediately. Now I can't imagine not having him in my life and not having him in my school. John and his colleague Kevin spent two days here at Islena connecting with staff and students, and today we caught up via video chat to continue the conversation. I apologize in advance, we are both very high energy people, but I promise there is some valuable learning and vulnerability mixed into the enthusiasm. Lots of emotions in this one. Let's go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping Up with Mrs. Kelly. I'm Mrs. Kelly and I've already had a mini podcast before we started recording, but now we're ready to actually record the real episode with someone who I didn't even know a few months ago and now cannot imagine my life without John Tessitore from JCK Foundation. Hello, John. Oh my goodness. That was, it's so nice to see you. And that, that means a lot to me because it's like, it just shows the, the power of connection and it's great to see you and it's great to be back. And like, it's one of those things where, you know, whenever I talk to you and whenever I'm like, I just feel like I'm back in Sweden again. And I'll be honest, like, and whoever's listening, I miss you guys a lot. I miss uh. you a lot. Yeah, we we miss you, and I think that you are made for this country, but we'll dig into that a little bit later. So a brief introduction. You work with mental health so much in the States, and then you came over here a bit on a whim in 2019 to go to the Avicii Tribute Concert, which I'm pretty sure you... We must have, like, seen each other in passing, because I was there... I'm glad you don't remember me because I was crying the entire time, just like tears running down my face the entire concert. But you came for that, and then you decided to try to reach out and do some work while you were in Sweden, correct? Absolutely, yeah. That that was uh, it was pretty magical. We, uh, I remember I was always a big Avicii fan because mm. um, obviously his whole story broke my heart because. It was interesting. Me and my friends just growing up in the States, we all always used to listen to his music. And I used to listen to it whenever I was making the documentary that you guys all saw with the students. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I reached out to to a bunch of schools. I didn't really know how it, how it worked in Sweden. I was just like, I want to help, help the kids here because I feel very connected with them, you know? And, and I just, uh, Suzanne Gavin, who you know, who's just like, has turned into one of my best friends. She just ran the New York City Marathon. Or JCK, she um, she answered. She said, "Come on in." And then, um, before I knew it, I was at a assistant principals conference. And then, before I knew it, I was speaking to your students. And now, um, before I know it, I'm here, like three years later. So, uh, yeah, I just followed the heart on that one. And mm. I think that that's really important to do because I, I couldn't really explain why I did it. I just knew that there was something there. And like you said, I, I couldn't imagine my life without you, and mm. I couldn't imagine my life without 
the students and, and without being in Sweden, it's something that I genuinely look so forward to every year. And I love, you guys make me feel so at home. And, and you know, Kevin, it was his first time out here. He was so, I think we were just both overwhelmed with gratitude um, yeah. for, for this experience. So. Yeah, but you have such a powerful message. And the cool thing is that this message is is international. It transcends everything. And so the things that you talk about, the things that are applicable in New York or wherever USA, completely, it doesn't matter what group of kids are sitting in front of you. And and you talk to, how many schools did you visit when you were here this fall? So this fall was 12, 12 oh schools God. this fall. Yeah. And I guess you saw very different schools because even though we're all IES, there are so many differences in location, in the size of the school, the demographics of the student, the vibe, all of that is so different. But your message, I think, is it, it's so powerful. It reaches everybody no matter what. Yeah, and I think that's you, that's what I love about it so much. It's almost like me and Kevin were kind of reflecting about this, and it's almost like, you know, this message is like mental health and like kind of spreading kindness has no has no cultural barrier. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's something that there's no language to it in a sense. And what was really cool, like you said, was being able to meet so many different types of kids from different areas, that, you know, from completely different parts of the world. And that's what's beautiful about Sweden and about IES. It's just like you have these conversations with kids that are just they inspire you so much and, and no conversation is the same but something that we've noticed is whether a kid is from one one part of the country or another right they all have that same kind of just common thread of just wanting to be listened to mm. and have so much heart and they all it's i've noticed this it's like all the kids really want to do good and they really want to help each other just sometimes their environments aren't applicable for that or you know their friends are always being a little bit meaner and you know it's like well to fit in i have to be mean and we see this in the states too and you know i think what's so special about this and what i love so much is just like seeing the students not be afraid to be themselves and to open up because one thing i think that that i love about what we do is it's like you know we're not going to tell the kids what to do we're kind of going to show them that we're going to do it with them we're going to mm. be super vulnerable about how we were and i don't hold anything back because i feel like it's important for these students to know how i felt when i was really struggling because when a student sees that that you can struggle but still be happy I think that that's beautiful and I yeah. think that it gives hope even when they're in those dark, dark areas and just just giving them that feeling of being listened to and being heard. And then when they see, I think what's beautiful about that too is not only do they see you know, us doing that, but they see how their principals, how their teachers are all on board with this message too. And before you know it, it's like you're connecting all these different pieces and, and it's like, wait, I can talk to John, I can talk to Mrs. Kelly, I can talk to my teacher, I can talk to my classmates and it just makes that really hard conversation a little bit easier. I just mm. want the kids to be to be proud of who they are and, and man, it's uh, it really is universal and that's what I've noticed the most is I think I've had different connections. It's hard to say because it's like every school is special in a different way and yeah. every school has a story, right? But I think that's what's special about it, right, is it doesn't matter where the student is from, if they're from the States, if they're from Sweden, if they're from Antarctica, if they're from Africa, if they're from South America, like it doesn't matter. And that's what I love the most about it is just showing that care, you know, that that's everything. And I think students just need to know that we do care. About 
Yeah, we do care, and, like, your message comes across so clearly that you're not alone. And I think with mental health, that's the probably the most dangerous part of mental illness is that feeling that you're alone. It's like... You know, with with physical health things, it's more normalized that, yeah, you know, you you get a cold, you get the flu, you if you're active, you'll break some bones. All of those things are super normalized and you can talk about it openly and you see the kid walking with crutches and you're like, I'm so empathetic now to everyone who has crutches. I'm like, oh, my God, I have been there. It is terrible. How are your hands? How many blisters do you have? I still have a scar from the blisters. Um, but with mental illness, it's, there aren't those same conversations. It's not as normalized to share like, oh, you also have depression. Me too. You know, it's not the same thing. And I loved your story when you shared with our students about when you had been diagnosed with OCD and you're so embarrassed and, you know, only my mom knows and this is this big, dark, heavy secret. No one can know about it. And your friend came up and he was like, dude, you have OCD. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. And I just thought, what a gift, especially, I guess he was a teenager at the time, correct? Yeah, he was a teenager. He was a couple years older than me. But what, like, what a special human being and what an incredible gift. I don't know if he realized what a gift that was to be able to to do that and be like, hey, I also have this. Because I think you articulated that that was the moment where you're like, yes. That, that was really the moment where it all changed too. And, you know, I think something about about what you were just saying and, and, I, and you hit the nail on the absolute head there too because – a lot of times, you know, like when we're really going through it and, and we feel alone, like it's interesting. It's like sometimes we'll say you're not alone, right? But we're still thinking in our heads, well, there's still no way this person has this horrible, dark thought, this intrusive mm-hmm. thought that I can't share with any human being. And then when you start realizing that, wait a second, you know, sometimes the hardest, like the most liberating times are when you share those hard things because you start realizing, oh my God, my life is so much easier now that I did share it. And the way John did it, so John Kelly, um, the way he did it was he made me feel like it was just this, hey, you know, like, like I got you, man. Like the, the, these thoughts you think are so dark aren't as, you know, and he said it in a way where he didn't, in, like, he made me feel so valid. It wasn't like, oh, I have these thoughts too, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was like, dude, yeah, like I got you, man. And I was like, wait, you have these thoughts about the devil possessing your mind? It's like, yeah, man, all the time. And it just made it so approachable where, you know, I always think about that because that was exactly what I needed when I was a 12-year-old, right? And when we're 12 years old, we're so vulnerable and we're so, you know, kind of, sometimes we feel like we're at mercy to to our friends in a sense, right? And, And what they think of us. And to have someone who was older, who I looked up to, I was like this is like the strongest guy ever you know like and and he didn't and that was the amazing thing it was like he was so pure like he didn't take advantage of the fact that you know that he had this amazing way to help me he just did it right and he and he always did it without needing any accolades or he just did it because he cared and that was like the biggest gift and that's what I think the kids you know, I think that's what the kids deserve to know and yeah. deserve to see because when those thoughts are really racing and we feel alone, right? Just even getting ourselves out of out of ourselves for a second, say, okay, 
what would I tell my friend if they're going through this? And, and how can I just, if I could just say one thing, right? You know, all of a sudden that, that darkness starts realizing, wait, John has these thoughts. Kevin has these thoughts. Miss Kelly has these thoughts. My teachers might have these thoughts. It's like, yeah, and, and that's the beauty of it. You're, you, you don't have to live with this in silence because that's the most dangerous thing, like you yeah. said, Miss Kelly. Like when you live in, in, in silence, right, the thoughts become louder and louder and louder. But when you speak out a little bit, right, the thoughts become a little bit less powerful. And even though they're still there, mm. it's okay. And yeah. you can say, okay, these thoughts are here. And that's a part of what I'm struggling with. But it doesn't mean that they have to take over my life anymore. And that is such an empowering thing for a student to hear because then as they get older, they can share that with another student. They can lead with compassion and, and empathy. And those are the biggest things, right, is letting these students know. That, that they can do this too. Yeah. You know, that, that they can be that for someone and they can do it in such a kind way where they can go to bed at night and even if they're struggling, they can say, you know what, that was nice to that person today. And maybe that person's feeling better because of our conversation. And that's that's kind of why I do it is, is I just think of that. I love that you brought that conversation up because that's, I just think of that conversation with John all the time. And if, I just want to give those students that same experience that, that John gave me because every kid deserves to have that. Yeah, and that changed your life. And that was one small, I mean, took less than five minutes conversation. And, you know, the kid had no, it's not like John had training in how to be a therapist or a psychologist. It was him just being empathetic and taking his experiences and leaning in and reaching out to you and saying, me too. I I have this too, and that saved you. And you've you've said like that was what saved your life, basically. And, and, and that was the beautiful thing about it. He did it in such a a, a like you said, just this is who I am way. And, and that was everything because instead of thinking, oh my god, I'm crazy, I was like, wait a second, I'm just like John, and John's like the coolest kid to me, mm-hmm. you know. So that was really powerful. Yeah, and. And how reminding ourselves and reminding our students and reminding our colleagues that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to do all of these special extra things. Sometimes it's just helping people realize how we are as humans and that we we've been there and we don't have to have the solution. Like I remember I was really, really struggling when I was trying to open the school. I was working by myself. Our first employee didn't start until June, so I was here for five months by myself, hiring everyone, doing all the intake, ordering things, like fixing the... Oh, it was just, like, soul-crushing because it was so much on me, and I just felt like I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. There's something I'm missing. I'm forgetting this. I'm not doing well enough. And I did not feel like I could share that with anybody because how embarrassing is this? Someone gave me this job and I can't even handle it. Like, how can I, how can I utter these words? And what an embarrassment. And I was so ashamed. And then I had one of my principal friends call me and we weren't even that close at the time, but he just called to talk about a a teacher that was possibly going to come to my school. And then he said, how's it going? And I'm like, oh, you know, it's good. It's it's busy. You know, like the superficial answers. And he just said, it's hard, isn't it? And I'm like, what? What? And he's like, yeah, it really sucks sometimes. And I'm like, what? 
do you also think that it sucks? She's like, yeah, I've been doing this for four years. It's really, really hard. I remember exactly how you're feeling. And it gets a little bit better, but it's still hard. And I just thought there's someone else who doesn't have it together all the time, who isn't just owning it, who understands that it's hard, who feels, yeah, like they've been hit by a truck some days and feels this just piercing anxiety other days and it was it was that I think above any support or any help that anyone gave me it was that above everything else that has kept me in this job because it was just like knowing there's someone else who is struggling and knowing it's not a failure on my part that I am not less valuable as a human or less valuable in this role that it's normal and I love that you go around the world and say this to people because how great would it be if everyone got to hear to their face like it's okay you're not alone someone else has this same exact thought or anxiety or worry and what's so powerful about that too is like I love that you thank you for sharing that story by the way because that that really hits home to me and and I think what's so amazing is that's also allowed you to be so compassionate and to be such an amazing leader and to help your uh, staff and your students feel more comfortable when they're feeling that way too because the biggest burden is like that burden of keeping it inside and Mm -hmm. like you said the second that your principal friend called you and said that it was okay it was like thank God, now I could share this and I could talk about this. And it's like, it's this line that it's so interesting how, you know, it all kind of correlates back to like what these students tell me, I think are some of the coolest things. There's a student in the States and I shared this a little bit with, with our students at Lena, where it was like, she told me to look around and not forward. Right. And when we're looking around and, and even if it's hard, right. When we look forward, right. We find ourselves, Oh my God, am I going to fail? How's this going to happen? What is going on? And we look and, and, and it crushes you. Right. Yeah. And I tell students this and I tell staff, I tell everyone I know this because the best things I've learned in my life are probably from, from John and from the students, you know, it's because they see it cause they're, cause they're living it yeah. and they're so down and so honest. And it's like, what you did there was once you kind of started looking around and you opened up about what you were feeling, it was like, wait a second, now I can talk about these issues and I can help help myself going forward and that piercing anxiety, I've related to that too because there's those days still where we'll wake up, right? And I'll be mm-hmm. like, oh my God, what's yeah. happening? Like, oh, let me take a breath. Let me be kind to myself. Let me actually talk to someone. Let me actually, instead of trying to do this on my own, have a conversation with someone because when we do that, you know, we, we work so hard because we care so much. And yeah. I've learned that. And I mean, me and you were so similar. It's so funny. It's like, and I, and I because I see the way that you, that you love these kids and, and everyone around you and you try to, to help everyone. And that's something that can be a burden because we, because we care so much, but at mm-hmm. the same time, when we allow ourselves, okay, let me even just take a half hour today and talk to someone about how I'm feeling and authentically talk about that. And that's helped me a lot. I go to my therapist every two weeks. I go to a program, a 12-step program, you know, once or twice a week that helps me kind of let these things off of, of my chest. And and it's just so important because when we start taking care of ourselves and we start living in the moment a little bit more, it's like, okay, you know, then everything kind of kind of ends up working out and, and it allows us to kind of breathe. And I used to get so 
when I was really struggling, I used to let all these thoughts kind of overwhelm me and I would snap and then I'd feel guilty about snapping. And I yeah. tell the kids, guys, forgive yourself. You're, you're 13, 14, 15 years old. I still do that when I'm 30, 31, 32. It's okay, right? And and when we kind of beat ourselves up, it, it makes it so much harder for when, you know, we need to, to move forward, right? And, and it's okay to make a mistake. It's all about the intention. When you have that amazing intention and you say, okay, even though I made a mistake, I'm going to do my best today and the right people will stay in your lives and the wrong people, you know, sadly sometimes will move away in a sense and that's okay. Hmm. So I think that that's just something that really hit me hard about that is that whole kind of cycle of, of taking care of ourselves helps us take care of other people and, and that's something that the students I, I see, I see every day and, and I see it every day with you and, and everyone here. It's just continuing to give ourselves that time is so important because just as, as cool as those conversations with the students we had, I mean, being able to meet your staff and being able to stay in touch with so many of them has just been brilliant for me. And, yeah. and, it, and it, it humanizes everything. And that's the coolest thing is when it's a real community. And that's something that oh, I love. And gosh, I miss you guys. <laughs> I was just saying you need to you need to come back. I know. Well, the good news is we will be back in April, which is awesome. It's just hopefully it'll be for a little bit longer time because me and Kevin are, are really in love with Sweden. <laughs> yeah, but it's impossible not to be. And I think that what I love, I mean, I love Sweden just because of so many things that are outside of my control. But what I, I love the most, the reason that I'm here is because of this community and how we take care of each other. And I know that sounds super cheesy and I know obviously it's it's not always like holding hands singing kumbaya around a fire, but I just feel like this is such a great place where people really care about each other and where we really try to see each other and to help each other out of those dark places. And I don't know if I shared this with you, but there was let's see now my time yeah I'm getting old so things that happened <laughs> I have no perspective on when things happen anymore maybe like two years ago um there was something really really tough that happened at our school completely outside of our control but really really tough and it shook me both professionally and personally and it was so so hard and I was trying to deal with that horrific thing while <laughs> while doing everything that I normally do, uh, like leading the school and having a, a conference with my son's teacher on a, on a Zoom call. And I had to go to the other building because I was teaching music at that time, just, just you know, in my free time, teaching a few music lessons a week. And I remember going over to that building and um, one of the girls who wasn't even in my class was trying to talk to me and she's like oh hi Mrs. Kelly and I I tried you know to pretend that I was okay because she was an 11 year old and you know 11 year olds do not need to know about all the problems that I'm dealing with I'm like oh hello how are you today and uh, I kind of brushed it off and then she came up to me the next day and she said Mrs. Kelly uh, when I saw you yesterday you looked really sad and it made me really sad and I just want, I wanted you to know that I care about you and I hope that you're feeling better. And even, even now saying this, I'm like tearing up. It was, it was the most amazing, one of the most amazing moments I've had with a student. And there was no, there was nothing in it for her. There was nothing selfish. There was, it wasn't to get attention. It wasn't to 
suck up to me in any way. It was just this genuine... And she did not have to do that. She did not have to notice, first of all, that I was not well, because a lot of people didn't. She didn't have to take the time to tell me that. And I just thought, what an amazing community where my 11-year-old student, I don't even actively teach, comes up to me and tells me that she cares about me and she doesn't want me to be sad. And it was just such a moment. And I thought, like, what a rare thing. I never thought as a principal that I would have a kid, like, you know, these interactions that become super, super special and you look look at them from from an outsider's perspective. You're like, wait a second, this is not normal. This is not normal to have these kinds of interactions. It's not normal for parents to check in with me and like, oh, you know, how are you doing? Are you okay? I noticed you looked a bit like off this morning when I dropped my kids off. Those kinds of things, it's like, oh. And of course, like, yeah. I mean, it, and of course it, it makes me uncomfortable a little bit because I don't like to, <laughs> I don't like to just, all the time talk about how I'm doing, especially if I'm not doing well. But I just think, yeah. like, wow, what a cool community and what a and special and rare thing. And it's beautiful, too, because it also shows the kids that you are a human being, too. Mm. And, like, when the, when, when the kids themselves see that and, and show empathy and compassion, that kind of is taught from from the top down, in a sense. And when they, when they learn that, it allows them to do that for another friend. And as they get older and these kids are brilliant. Like they notice things that we don't even realize because it's like, they don't, they, they care so much. And I think that's my favorite part about doing this is mm. like those conversations with students. And there's those times where sometimes I'll have, you know, a really overwhelming week and a really busy week. And, you know, just, just, it, it, it was, you know, it was great, but sometimes it can drain you a little bit and that's okay. And it's okay to admit that. And the kid, a kid will just say something like, hey, you know, I just want to check in. How, how are you doing? And I'm like, you didn't have to do that. I mean, you have all this going on and you say that. I mean, you are such an incredible person. And that's the thing. It's just like these these kids, They just it just shows how brilliant they are and how much they want to make this world a better place. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's so cool about it is trying to give them every opportunity and every tool to be themselves because when they are, it's, it's special. And I love these kids. Just, I know. Just, me too. Yeah. All right. I've been told that we have very little time left. So I have one last question for you. Um, when you return to Sweden. Yes. Not oh, when do I return? No, no. When when you return, what what is one thing that you hope to achieve? That's a great question. I think one thing that I hope to achieve when I return to Sweden is that I really hope that these students can continue to follow who they are. And what I mean by that is I I hope that we can help give them the tools to not kind of follow the crowd, but rather follow what what they're going through and and hope and 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 that can go in a lot of different ways. And I hope what that means is that if they are struggling, they can talk about it. They can get the help that they deserve, but also they can they can be, you know, better classmates, better friends and and just the best version of themselves. And, And I don't want them to be afraid to take care of themselves and to put themselves first. I think that's the biggest thing because I've seen it in my own life and in so many other lives. If you can be yourself, right, mm-hmm. and you can start taking care of yourself, it allows you to be there so much more for others without even realizing it. And it just happens organically. And my goal is that we can just continue to give these tools for these kids to be exactly who they are and to follow their heart and what's on their mind and not not get kind of pressured by the outside things that, that might be 
really heavy right now to bring them in a different direction because they deserve to be exactly who they are. And I'll speak directly to any of those kids right now. Maybe this is a sign. Keep trusting yourself. Don't be afraid to be who you are. Do not be afraid to get the help that you deserve. And I'm so proud of you. So that's probably the biggest thing I, I really hope to continue to achieve because that the kids deserve that. And what kind of world would we have if everyone, can you imagine, can you oh imagine how incredible that would be? And, and it's, you know what? And that's the beautiful thing is it can happen and, mm-hmm. and it starts one kid at a time. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty. And, and one kid said this to me the other day. It's like, it only starts with one student, right? And when one student does it, you never know what another student will do. And, and, and that's the beauty because then it allows us to, to take care of ourselves and win when we struggle and, and we're not going to be perfect, but that's okay. And that's the beauty of it. Not being perfect doesn't mean keep going down, right? It means, okay, it's okay. I can make mistakes. I can still be who I am. So that is, that's my biggest dream for these, these students. And I think this dream is becoming a reality and I, and I see it and, and I just hope they can continue that way. They deserve that. Oh, <laughs> this, you need, oh. <laughs> You need you need to come back. Maybe uh, we'll we'll talk about your long term plans. Like I, yeah. I feel like Sweden is calling your name. Like the kebab, you could eat kebab pizza every day, John. Every day. Think about that. Changing lives while eating kebab pizza. So we'll work out all those details later. Uh, but I'm I'm so grateful to have had you here for two days. At our school, I'm grateful to have had this conversation, and I'm super excited to keep working with you and spread this message together because, yeah, it takes one person, and there are two of us, and we're both really loud. Heck yeah, we are. <laughs> Change, changing lives whether you want us to or not because we're here and we're not leaving. Amen. And it's amazing because then there's all those other people will start, you know, they they, they feel that and, and they're changing lives too and that's the beauty of it even the silent ones they do it in a way where you know they being silent sometimes starts to they start to help other people without even realizing it when they're being themselves so I think that's that's the beauty of it. I cannot I cannot wait to see you again I can't wait to come back we're gonna we're gonna keep changing it let's yeah. go let's keep going let's keep doing it yeah that's it get on that plane we're ready to go can't wait april can't come soon enough that's for sure i miss you <laughs> miss you too but in the meantime we keep communicating and we keep talking and, and yeah we keep working on our respective ends and then we join again as the amazing powerhouse in april absolutely i cannot wait and to everyone out there i miss you guys and we will see you very very soon cool thanks for being on